I think we got it. So this is uh, Cliff Dennis with Weld.com, guys. I'm putting a little bit of a different hat on today. I am going to attempt to host a podcast. So I guess you've kind of got to bear with me a little bit. Should go pretty good. Um, I'm sitting up here in Escanaba, Michigan today, and I'm talking with my career and technical educational director, uh, Trenton Banger. Trent's going to join us today. We're going to talk about some educational stuff, some local stuff, welding, welding industry, welding education, and uh, try to dive into that aspect of it. So Trent, go ahead and introduce yourself. Hello. How are you? Thanks for joining me, sir. You are my boss. <laughs> sure. Thanks, Cliff. Um, so I'm uh, Cliff's boss, and I'm also his predecessor in his current role. So um, I was a welding teacher here at the Delta Schoolcraft Intermediate School District Career and Technical Education Center for eight years uh, before Cliff came on. Um, and then now I'm the director of that. So how it kind of started, I know it kinda, I'm always interested in how people arrived to where they are. So I started, my dad owned a um, welding fabrication shop. Um, so I started welding when I was like six. Um, so I kind of worked my way through high school and then started college. And back then it was, you go to college or nothing. So I went to college um, and um, decided, hey, what do I want to do? Well, and a job I know how to do is welding. And I also know what teaching looks like. So I went to um, school to be a, a shop teacher. Um, but through my um, through my college career, I worked at my dad's shop welding. It was like a production shop, so it was mostly MIG welding. Um, I worked there, so I was actually able to get me what in Michigan is called a vocational certification. So Cliff has this as well as where you can you can prove that you have four thousand hours of um, industry experience. So that allows you to teach in in state approved CTE. So that kind of got me to the job I'm in, um, or the job I was in, and the job I'm currently in. Um, and then when I moved up here to start teaching welding, um, I got a job at a local shop. Um, it was called Northern Machining and Repair. They do a lot of um, big weldments for mining and paper industry and forestry and things like that. So shipbuilding, they do a lot. Shipbuilding, a lot of big scale stuff. Yeah, big big things. So like like I said, when my my other industry experience had come from MIG welding on you know eighth inch material, and my first um first day in the job at Northern Machine Repair, I was welding on the, I don't know, I don't want to lie, but I think it was a one inch thick pad eye. And he said, go ahead and give me six passes on that with it was with using flux core dual shield. And I was like, oh, okay, I've never really done that before, but here we go. Um and so I, I at that point I wasn't a certified welder or anything like that. So we just kind of faked it to we made it. Um but I learned a lot doing that. So um and that kind of just helped me um be more relevant to the kids too um, by doing different things. So I worked there for three summers. Um, you know, so I started with FlexCore, did some TIG, did some, you know, other things. Um, it got me a lot of experience. So that's my background. Um, no, I, I think it, I think it definitely works out. So me coming out of industry, coming into teaching, which necessarily wasn't on my radar in the beginning, you know, to, to walking into a position where I am teaching kids, um, on a high school level, and I do some college level as well. But having you with that perspective of of being an ex-welding teacher, not only a welding teacher, but a, a welding professional, I mean, that was kind of a perfect scenario for me walking into something I wasn't 100% familiar with. So you had the insight, you had the curriculum, you had all that good stuff kind of laid out for a, for a guy like me to step into and, and really take off. Um, you kind of mentioned a word there, and I don't know 
exactly from from me not coming from an educational background and walking into the educational universe uh cte that's that's a word that i find that some people know and i find that some people don't know and and you mentioned it there quick but trent would you tell us what cte is yep so it's it's really confusing um and it's not just you or if anybody's like what is cte it's not um about brain injuries or anything like that um it's career and technical education so I don't know. When I was back in high school, we had shop classes, right? So a lot of people think shop classes is CTE and the answer isn't no and it's not yes, because it could be. Um, in the state of Michigan, and CTE is state approved. So what that means is if, so from Cliff Dennis's welding shop, welding shop here at the Delta Schoolcraft ISD, he has a, he's state approved. So he has a set of state competencies that he's got to teach um, year to year to every kid. Um, so the state dictates what competencies he has to cover. And we all know that in education, um, if you think of three circles, right, there's um, there's a bigger circle that talks about what is taught. The next circle is um, what is assessed. And then the smaller circle is what is graded, right? So, um, so we all know we're teaching more than just those basic competencies. But um, if it's a non-CT or just a regular shop class in the state of Michigan, there's it's just teacher driven. The teacher teaches shop, wood shop and can teach whatever he wants. Your teacher's welding shop and teaches whatever he wants. Maybe never touches on TIG or never touches on flux core. Um, where in CTE, we've got to touch all the different aspects um, of those state. Um, yes, CTE is kind of the bigger picture. CTE yeah. is kind of the state mandated curriculum. And then, you know, CTE boils down to um, standards and specifics about what we've actually got to we've got to cover at a base level. And then that kind of, I think, leads into me interpreting those standards and then teaching the standards the way I see fit. And we were so, all in CT in the, in the state and a couple of states with reauthorization of Perkins 5 or the authorization of Perkins 5 is all programs are eventually going to have to have an end of course um, post-secondary credential. So like for you being a CWI, that's going to hopefully be an easy one um, yep. is we can have you know, qualified kids in AWS standards. Absolutely. With some, I think they're going to want to use sense testing too, but so like that's going to help set CTE apart from a traditional shop class. And um, it's kind of, we're kind of, kind of skip ahead in our, our uh, agenda here, Cliff, but where we are, we're such a rural area. So we have, um, in one of our counties, we're Delta Schoolcraft. Schoolcraft is a county. Delta is a county. Um, we have a Schoolcraft County is 30,000 square miles um, and it has 6,000 kids. Um, so it's not 30,000. It, it's 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 big. Um, yeah, it's quite, quite large yeah, in perspective to what I think a lot of people are, are used to. Absolutely. We got a lot of space up here and not a lot of people. Exactly. Maybe it's 3,000 square miles. But at any rate. Um, it's, it's a huge district with very few kids and they're spread all over the place. Um, so we, in, a, in an ideal world, in a large city, we would have a high school with welding class that kind of introduces kids to it. And then those kids who are really good at welding, really like welding, would go to um, the tech center. Yep. We don't see that. None, of, none of our schools have those uh, feeder programs for us. So the hard part for you, Cliff, is you've got kids who come in with a little bit of welding knowledge, you've got kids who come in with no welding knowledge. You got kids who come in from different schools who have, um, uh, you know, are really really good at welding. So, we're a one room schoolhouse. 
So it really doesn't, uh, you have, you know, you can't really have those high level kids because they may have not ever had any prior existing knowledge. So it's hard for us to actually have what CTE was in, intended for because mm -hmm. it's not possible in our small schools. So absolutely. And it kind of, kind of, you know, talk to about that a little bit more. Um, you know, we are the, the Delta Schoolcraft Intermediate School District. We serve Delta and Schoolcraft counties in Michigan's Upper Peninsula. You know, a super stereotypical, typical, um, whatever word you want to use. You know, it, it's, it's a very rural focused area. And, and I think that definitely possesses some, some obstacles we have. What are some obstacles that you see the, the CTE Center, I guess, in general a little bit, Trent? Um, and well, it's short, in the short term, we have a lot of students who typically would be CTE focused, who did not do well in distance learning, um, over the past two years. Um, and they've had some credit recovery issues and the way that we run is, so we have eight different school districts who send students to us. Um, and so it takes time out of their day to get to get to us. And sometimes those kids who need remedial classes or need to take a class again um, don't have the time in their schedule to one make up class and then also come to CT. So we're kind of we're kind of struggling with enrollment because a lot of those kids who would like to be with us also need to make up the science and English classes that they didn't do very well on during COVID. Um, right. We're seeing a lot of that. Um, that that's a struggle. You know, and just where we are rural-wise, um, it's, it's interesting to see the data. Um, our population is holding strong, but the average age of our population is exponentially growing. So we have people, young people leaving, older people moving in to fill their spots, but those young, those older people are retired and aren't typically sometimes aren't fully employed. Um, so we have, our population looks good, but the, the age of our population is is growing. So what that means to CTE is we're just going to have less customers going forward. Um, and, and I think that's maybe a little bit more, you know, area specific to exactly where we are in relationship to a lot of the bigger urban areas. Um, and, and I think another interesting thing to talk about is, is, you know, we're talking about how there's just not a ton of people up here. Well, I mean, that, that definitely affects some of the industry that we see up here um, in terms of what, what, we're marketing to these students what careers we're we're opening them up to um, let's talk about a little bit of our local industry in terms of what you know what we have available to these kids that are leaving our cte centers versus someone you know in a huge area that seems to have endless options that may they might not have up here yeah. what do you see uh, what do you see locally for industry yeah so first i want to fact check myself um i i googled it while you were talking and I was wrong about Schoolcraft County. It's only um, 1,800 square miles. So I was way off there. But anyway, so in terms of industry, um, so it, it's kind of interesting. We have what we call the triangle in the UP. Um, so we have a lot of production facilities, uh, industrial production. So we have Boss Snowplow, um, uh, Systems Control, and uh, Loadmaster all over in Iron Mountain, Michigan, which is about an hour west of us. And they're mostly flux core and MIG, you know, production shops. And then you get over to Escanaba and we have shipping. We have a couple of 
of large ship, not, I don't want to say yards, but um, large shipping maintenance um, companies here. Um, we have, you know, the, we have paper mills here in town. So we have, we have that side, but then we also have a couple of really high end machine shops that um, we're turning kids out to. And then you go up to Marquette, which is an hour North of us. And they have, for whatever reason, they have a, um, a, a glutton of medical industry manufacturing careers. So, you know, we're kind of positioned nicely that we can kind of train. I like to talk about welding and industrial content that our kids get in terms of a tool in their toolbox. So a kid might be in Cliff Tannis' welding class and welding is a tool that they can go take and go work at systems control or go work at RTI in, in Marquette or go work at um, North, uh, uh, what's that marine terminal in town? The um, North Shore Marine. Uh, yeah, uh, North Shore Marine Terminal. Um, they can go work at all those places, and that's just one of their tools. So, trying to get them to understand that, and it's it was hard when I was a teacher, and it's hard now. Is you made your entire career may not just be arc time. It's going to be more. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, so I, I, I'm a wholehearted uh, believer in that. Yeah, welding is is obviously crucial, but it's only one factor in a in a giant picture that you can kind of paint for what you want to actually do with with yourself you know i think i think welding is that fundamental building block but yeah construction management project management um you know uh, weld inspection like kind of what i'm going into and and what i'm doing with my cwi stuff um god it just seems like you know that's the the end game is almost endless when really all you got to do in the beginning is make some sparks Right. And, and we're, we're running into also, you know, we talked about the population changes in our area and we, we have m multiple companies locally whose growth is limited by um, staffing. So yeah. we have, we know that our engineered machine products who makes um, products for all over the, the world for the, you know, for Caterpillar and um, Cummins and all that, you know, they're, they're limiting themselves because we just don't have the employees. Um, so we're really hoping that, the work that we're doing and, and partnering with those companies can help have we have a lot of talent flee from our area because the cool thing to do is to go move somewhere else because that's i did that <laughs> I, yeah. moved, I moved away from home you moved away from home um and that's fine yeah. but we also need to do a better job of educating locally and i'm because that's where i'm biased we need to do a better job of educating locally what we have here to keep our kids here to start families Absolutely. And I think and I think kind of that's a that's a, a little bit of a universal issue. You know, you've got the people that want to kind of fight and flight. They want to get out of town. They want to go do their own thing. But, you know, I guess if I want to talk about industry as a whole right now, it really seems like the kids who are taking the time to go into the CTE courses um, really have a, a pretty unique opportunity on their hand. Yeah. You know, I guess I, I'm not very old. I don't claim to be very old, but I'm going to use the term back when I graduated, you know, as if it was in 1940. It was in 2008. You know, we had a little bit of a recession going on. Um, the, the job market was saturated with a lot of really talented people. And I see kids, you know, leaving my shop, going right over to the fitters or going right into these other places locally that and they're they're landing these great jobs. And I think and I think we're not so different in a lot of other places right now that that we can say that there's a, a great job opportunity, a great job market for the kids and, and everyone who are trying to get into the, the career and technical ed educational, um, you know, topics, you know, here at the CTE Center. I know we're talking about welding right now, but, 
you know, we've got a lot of other cool programs too. We've got auto, um, we've got machining, we've got uh, engineering and design. Um, we got we got a lot of a lot of hats under one roof that we can kind of tailor someone's you know what what they're interested in. And uh, yeah, as a CTE director, you kind of get to, I guess, be at the wheelhouse of that. How does that feel? Um, some days it's good, some days it's bad. But you know, <laughs> coming from you know the blue collar area that where we are, you know, we have a lot of uh, parental backing um, for our our kids, and they understand too that. You know, what we want to be able to do is help kids make educated choices after high school so they can achieve the American dream. And the parents see that too. So what might help them achieve the American dream might be college. It might be a certificate, it might be an associate's, it might be direct entry into the workforce, whatever it is. And I think that our parents, probably opposed to where I was when I graduated high school, um, Hey guys, I want to remind you that you can go to our YouTube channel and now you can become a member by clicking the membership tab. Here you can have access to loyalty badges next to your name and your comments and the chat, custom emojis, early bird access, as well as some exclusive videos as well to members only, member shout outs, priority replies to comments and technical advice, and there'll be some members only pools. We have some exciting projects coming up and different ways we're going to be giving back to the welding community. So we look forward to seeing you there. Our parents are more willing to have multiple options because, you know, we're seeing that mass, what's the, we're seeing a mass exodus right now of the boomers, um, a mass resignations. And now is the time to be those kids. So I really hope that our kids are, um, are, are taking that that ball um, and running with it, but I'm also seeing a lot of um, students who are real complacent because the last two years there's been no drive, no no drive, and no known future. So it's right. for them to plan for a year because hell, I don't know what next year is going to hold, and why should I plan for this? Because it just the rug's been pulled out of me twice now. So Absolutely. I think that that's, you know, part of that um, staffing issue that people are having is people just don't know what the future is going to hold and what what their choices are. So it's, it, there's there's a whole bunch of reasons where we why the employment industry is where we are right now. Um, but I just I just hope that I think that we're doing a really good job of giving those kids a full toolbox to go out there and make educated choices um, and hopefully um help out our society by getting getting you know using their skills for jobs so but I, yeah, absolutely so yeah I, so kind of what i really do is I, I just make sure that you guys in my classes so here we have welding automotive construction machining product design development it essentials uh, careers in education and health occupations so i just make sure that all of our programs are fully funded as best we can so we are we're getting we're getting grants we're getting we're millage funded so we have pretty good budgets um, and just make sure that through our budgets and through our advisory committees, because we all have um, industry representation in our curriculum development through what's called advisory committees, um, that we're offering our students what's relevant um, in doing what's helpful and stop doing what's not helpful and just make sure that they leave us with the best skills so that they can have. So that's that's my job. <laughs> so just make sure you guys can are supported enough to do yours. In a, in a very simplified way, 
Yeah, I, I think that's a, a good summary. I see you doing some pretty technical, intense stuff that I don't want anything to do with. <laughs> so <laughs> I'm pretty pretty glad that you're doing what you're doing, boss. Um, <laughs> and that and that kind of flows in. You know, we're talking about jobs, we're talking about this, and we're talking about that. And I kind of mentioned at the beginning of the podcast that you know uh, another job opportunity and avenue that these welders can go can go into is is education. Um, you know, I didn't necessarily think that at the point I'm at in my life, I would be in this position. Um, you know, I figured I would go into industry. I would work in industry. I, you know, get into my fifties or my sixties. I retired. I always kind of wanted to be a teacher, but I, di I didn't think the opportunity would present itself quite so, quite so fast. And I'm super glad and I'm super happy it did. It, it worked out really cool and I love it and all the good things I'm supposed to say and all this and that. <laughs> but, uh, let's talk about, um, kind of some of the background that, you know, you, you're looking for, and I'm sure everyone else in the country that right now who are looking for people to teach these kids and teach these skilled trades a little bit about some of the requirements and state requirements. And, you know, that's, a I think, a job opportunity that isn't necessarily broadcast out there. Right. So and I think people need to think about. Teaching has gotten a bad rap. I think we're kind of swinging, swinging back the other way after all this COVID crap. But um, in terms of it's not compensated well. Um, but I, I think if you're at the right place, we can compensate, <clears throat> excuse me, we can compensate teachers well or, or equal to, to industry. And so what we're looking for in Michigan is, like I said at the beginning, in order to do this job, you got to have 4,000 hours in the field. So what's that mean? That means you've worked pretty much full time for two years. Um, and what the field means is subjective, right? So I could have, like, I have one welding teacher, Cliff Dennis, who, you know, worked in, in industry and was worked on boilers and piping and high um high pressure piping and i have another welding instructor in manistique which is our other center in schoolcraft county who was more in the um robotic design and um, robotic programming side of it so really that doesn't matter to me as much because welding is welding is welding um and we can we can train people in different if they're if they're deficient in an area but really what we're looking for is a person who gets who's who who's calm, who gets kids, who understands that um, Cliff and Trent coming into a class are not apples and apples. They might be apples and plums. And Trent might need way more intervention, way more time. And it may take Cliff one um, lap weld. And he's, he's got vertical up. Um, where um, also, too, to, to, under, to not react um, to stupid high school stuff <laughs> um, and let kids that, that's a that's a little bit of a learning curve dealing yes. with all the personalities and right. the, yep. the stereotypes of kids these days and kind of what they like and what they want to do you gotta yes. you gotta kind of take it all in and digest it and spit yes. something back out that isn't just totally crazy off the wall but it's that's, super that's rewarding. interesting that's interesting yeah it's, it's super rewarding too like you know, sometimes, you know, you have a bad day and you're like, God, I just want to work, just want to go weld. Um, <laughs> someone else not have to worry about someone needing me the next day. Um, but it, but you know, that rewarding usually doesn't bring pay with it, but it, it makes you feel good. Like I know Cliff, you're probably annoyed when you go to the grocery store and you see kids and you know, <laughs> you're always seen. So like, totally, yeah. totally depends on the kid. Some kids I'm like, Hey, what's up? Let's talk for an hour. Other kids, I just pretend I don't see, you know, right. Works. Right. so, so I, so I have, what they call an annual authorization. And yes. because I have the relevant work history in the related topic that I'm going to teach, I'm authorized through the state of Michigan 
to teach that topic. Now, and that kind of boils down to a couple stipulations. One reason, I guess, teaching wasn't necessarily on my radar initially is because I thought you had to stereotypically have that four-year bachelor's, master's. You got to go into welding education, you know, as a major versus someone going out in the field actually being proficient, actually being good at what they do and not learning how to weld in a classroom. You know, that that transition was, was kind of interesting to me to see. So... Can you can you expand on that a little bit? You know, you don't necessarily have to have the bachelor's degree. You don't necessarily have to have the history and welding education. You can still be a valuable, you know, asset to a district, being that you've got the relevant work history to back it up. Yeah. So how, how does the state how does the state see that? Yeah. So I, I think every state's different, but in Michigan, um, don't let that be a barrier to you. Um, it, it didn't. It wasn't a barrier for Cliff. So that's Cliff, we're gonna use you as a case study. Okay. Sure. I'm surprised. So Cliff came in, he's got he's got his four thousand hours. He worked years in, in industry. Um Cliff has some college experience. Um there's college courses underneath his belt. I don't oh, yeah, I, absolutely I don't believe you finished an associates though, right? So but that wasn't that wasn't a barrier. And I it's right. not I have a teacher here who has zero college experience and doing a great job, and I've got Cliff who has some college experience doing a great job, and I've got Teachers with master's degrees doing a great job. So that's definitely, it's helpful, but it's not a requirement. So don't let that ever preclude yourself from a looking into a job in welding education. But there is, there's always a but, right? So, mm-hmm. um, so in the state of Michigan, teachers have 10 years to get their bachelor's degree. Um, it doesn't have to be in teaching. It could be in anything. It's something that relates. I shouldn't say that. it could be under water basket weaving, but it has to be in something that relates to the to the content area which they teach, um, and then we can get them their professional teaching certification. Um, so that for some people that can be a major road to hoe, and other people they're really close. So it kind of kind of depends on how long you want to do it, um, and if say that we get to year eleven and it's just hasn't happened yet. There is a there is an option to get a waiver, but um, it's I'm not sure how many waivers they're gonna they're willing to give, and it's just right. it's kind of a it's a daisy waiver. So you yes. know, I guess I guess for me, looking from the outside in initially, you know, everyone's always talking about these big skills gaps, and we're crying for welders, and we're crying for machinists, and we're crying for laborers, and we're crying for all these skilled trades, but at the end of the day, someone's got to teach someone how to do that trade, and you know, I guess coming into it and seeing things from both perspectives, you know, I, I guess there's also a lack of education and in, in telling people or showing people that there's a viable career in, in teaching those trades. So I, I'm pretty cool. It was pretty cool for me to see that side of it too. Um, I guess I'm a big advocate for, you know, looking, looking at this stuff. If you're good at what you do and you want to teach others how to be good at what they do, you know, it's going to help you and it's going to help them and it's going to help, you know, this big gap that we've got going on currently. So, yeah, mm-hmm. it's just my two cents. <laughs> what it is, what it is. I hear beeping. Is that me? It's not me. Hallelujah. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Random. Okay. So, uh, local trends and observations. We talked a little bit about that. We definitely talked about educators and welding. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I think, you've got one. Uh, they're not seeing this, but I'm first seeing this local employment. So we kind of talked about local employment. I think that yeah. um, 
you have right now you have employers who are willing to invest in their employees and you have employers some employers who want to stay status quo and i know that those kids are seeing that um and, and anybody's seeing that so kids are making those jumps to to employers who are willing to pay them a higher wage um but kids are also willing to travel to get that wage too because they see that so i i see that that local employment people always use the bs response of well the cost of living is lower in the up well crap it is um it's the same as it is in any small town in america um so finally our, our local employers are understanding that if we really want to engage people and engage people who aren't uh, organically grown locally we need to we need to up our game and pay um and i think that's kind of where people are are, are at now in, in manufacturing in our area specifically um but there's also some good stuff going on where in the past we'd hire someone in a local manufacturing shop and that's where they'd stay and they never get any further training because there was no options for them mm-hmm. well now we're working on two different two different models where the state we got a grant to work on apprenticeship um and when we had to first of all we had to kind of quell people's fears because sometimes people hear that apprenticeship word and they they think oh god now we're gonna have to be union which has different different people um and that's not the fact the fact is an apprenticeship is a department of labor approved training um agenda for a for an employee that you want to grow um so that's kind of where we're going we're heading with multiple of our larger employers is they're heading towards that apprenticeship model so they can grow their own um and just make sure that people are training for the jobs that they have currently. Um, and then another thing too that we're working on um, locally is we're trying to figure out a way to help employers train their staff for the, for the changing equipment and changing needs. Um, Which is where I come in. Yeah, exactly. And to, <laughs> what, do they, what do they call it? Upskill? That they're trying yep. to skill people. And so Bay College, our local community colleges, we're working on how can we all partner together to ladder CTE with um, apprenticeship, with uh, manufacturing training at the college, and how can we uh, uh, strand our, our money together to make sure that we're not duplicating effort um, and just making sure that it's a s- seamless effort in, or a s- seamless transition into um, industry for these for these students. Because let's face it, we got high school kids, which is great. But we've also got you know, Joe Schmo at pushing a carts at Walmart. That's maybe a really, really good employee. And hey, let's get him some skills in manufacturing so we can get him on the floor. Right. Um, so that's kind of we kind of got a twofold um, uh, task there. But that's it's kind of what we're trying to do locally to to fill some gaps um, and to just grow our area, which we want to grow a little bit. We don't want to grow fast. <laughs> yeah, um, we so want- this is a, this is a pretty cool area. You know, coming from myself, who have, I've worked in Detroit. You know, I, I did go to post-secondary. I lived in, you know, Toledo for two years, going to school at Owens and then, you know, working a lot in Grand Rapids and the industrial complex downstate to, to coming up up here. You know, we, we keep on saying up. Um, up is the UP, and and that's where we're at. Um, I don't know. I don't think a lot of people know what the UP or what it is up here. I mean, we're kind of like a whole nother state, but we're not. Right. We're the 51st state. Yeah. So we're actually attached to Wisconsin. We were one um, from Ohio in the war of eight, around the war, time of the war of 1812. They got Toledo. We got Michigan, got the UP. Um, and 
it, it, it paid for itself because really we're, we started as a mining hub, right? We still have mm -hmm. copper mines, gold mines, iron mines um, here in the UP, but, but yeah, so it's a really cool place. And, you know, I, I just encourage people listening to Google the upper peninsula just to see what we have here. And you just put, I'm, I'm on Google maps right now and just look at the amount of green. Mm -hmm. That, that, if that excites you, <laughs> like it did cliff and i and that's why we transplanted um yep. check out some more things about the up and uh, maybe moving here or or just exploring what we have to um have to offer because i know cliff you love lake superior which is north of us we have the southern shore of lake superior oh yeah i always thought lake michigan was my special place and then i moved up here and i went to lake superior and i saw pictured rocks and i, I was in copper harbor and i saw you know the stones and I went over to Agate Beach and, you know, there, there are just a million new places that I had no, no idea even existed that totally kind of rewrote my book on what I thought I wanted. So, right. yeah. yeah, definitely a, an awesome place. Keweenaw, you know, it's all old. It's all mining. It's all the, the industrial revolution and, and feeding that industrial revolution. Timber, the big fires in Chicago, you know, the UP, the vast amount of the lumber that rebuilt Chicago came from up here and we had a su super cool industrial old area. And I just, yeah, you know me with old iron, I'm just a yeah. fanatic about it's it. A, so that's it's weird kind of my it. thing. I yeah. like tractor. I like tractors and tractor <laughs> accessories. <laughs> Hank Hill of, yeah. of the old tractors. Um, but yeah, even like, like during World War II, we had two Air Force bases by the Sioux box to protect the iron ships going through the Sioux box. Because um, mm. if they didn't have the iron in Detroit and Cleveland and those places, they couldn't make anything else. So it's it's, it's just a really cool area. You know, I try to sell it to anybody that I listen to. Get up here, check it out. Um, we're not scary youpers. Um, and, you know, there's there's a direct correlation with proximity to water and your happiness. Uh, happiness. Exactly, right? Yeah. Happiness. So Put it's, me on water, I'm happy. Exactly. Oh, so there's a sales pitch for our, for our area. Nice. Um, so... So I'm going to assume that some of your per personal interests kind of have a lot to do with the, the area. If I'm, if I'm going to assume Trenton, am I correct? Yeah. 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 I like hunting, fishing, doors, um, country skiing, snowmobiling, all that, all that fun stuff. Which I have a feeling a, a pretty good amount of welders do, you know, yeah. so yeah. yeah, check it out. Yeah. Yeah. And so, and I don't know if you're wrapping up clip, but I just want to make sure that we don't forget to mention, um, check us out on Facebook. Um, at, at Delta Schoolcraft. Um, we have a lot of posts and things like that that we kind of try to keep up to date on what we're, I've been actually lagging lately on that lately because I'm the moderator of that. But just keep keep an, keep an eye on us. We're also um, on Instagram. Um, I don't have my handle in my mind at, at the moment on Instagram, but I think we're uh, DSISDCTE um, on Instagram. Um, but that's, that, that, that's just one of the ways that you can use to explore where we are and maybe hey, do you want to have a two-hour-long commute and live in a city, or do you want to have a 15-minute commute and be able to go out and cross-country cross ski and um, uh, fish in the summer and, and fish in the winter? You should see the ice shacks on the lake right now. It's oh, my God, it's a city out there. There's hundreds of thousands of them. Um, so, Kipling and Gra Gladstone, yeah, that place is nuts. Let's not, let's not give away any good fishing spots right now. I would never do that. <laughs> but, but, yeah, so – um, so it's just, it's, it's a cool place to explore and come check out and see if maybe it's something that you're interested in. Well, yeah, no, I think we talked about a lot, Trent. Yep. Um, I think if we keep going, we're going to, 
you know, start talking about the same stuff and yeah. just talk about real technical stuff that <laughs> maybe, maybe somebody might find interesting, but they might not. So yeah. I'm, I'm pretty content. I'm pretty happy. I want to um, give you a plug though. So, um, okay. So, so, so Cliff is a, is a fantastic welding teacher. Um, I went into his class, um, this year, um, to do my observations that I have to do. And, um, I have to log what I'm seeing, what I'm hearing, what the kids are saying, what the kids are doing. And it was perfect. Like Cliff had the plans on the board for what the kids are supposed to be learning. He was going through the PowerPoints and I opened up my mouth and said, what about this? And his next slide had the, what about this that I was going to talk about? So, so he's doing a fantastic job. Um, you know, also too. So when Cliff came, he didn't have his certified welding inspector or certified educator uh, credentials. Um, and so he got that. And um, which is, if, if any of you are listening are CWIs or CW and CWEs, um, that's not a small feat. Um, and I did it. I was a CWI and, you know, it was difficult. And I felt like I, even though I passed the test, I never really knew like, great, I've got this highfalutin stamp that I can stamp on stuff, but I didn't know how to use it. And Cliff knows how to use it. So, um, so he, he, you know, he walks, it, walks the, he can talk the talk and walk the walk or in terms of CDYing, I couldn't walk the walk. So I, I appreciate him going above and beyond and, and doing that. So, man, it's, it's, it's rough. I always had a, I guess I always had a knack for annoying my welding supervisors. I always, I, I worked, uh, I worked for a boiler company down in Kalamazoo. If you could put A and B together, you could probably figure out who I worked for. <laughs> and, uh, um, uh, the, the lead guy who ran the shop, uh, everyone called him Scotty. Um, you know, I would go into Scotty's office and I would ask questions and, and Scotty, of course you're supposed to ask questions and everyone's supposed to give answers and there's no dumb answers, but man, I was just always asking questions in industry and, uh, it got to the point to where it was almost annoying. So I had the opportunity to come here to share some of that information to go get my CWI, which was like, exactly Trent, you're hundred percent, 110% right. Um, that's a that's a big deal. That was a big test, and not very many people pass it the first time around. Coming from an ASME background, you know, I was in uh, working out of Section Nine, uh, Section One, Section Eight, um, you know, B thirty one one, and then you know the MBIC Section Three. Going to take a test for AWS, the American Welding Society's D one one Structural Steel Code. You know, taking the cellophane off my book the first day of class, which I went to. I took the two-week class at Hobart. I really think people should do that. That was a fantastic two-week course. Oh, bad, yeah. Yeah, that was there was really a lot riding on that test. Mm -hmm. and, uh, there was a lot of money involved too. You guys paid for that. That was awesome. That was uh, a <laughs> that was sweet. Um, was value, so, but yeah. you're starting to nerd out, Cliff. So I just want to make sorry. Sure. I gotta go. I gotta go. <laughs> <All right>. <laughs> <laughs> But no, I, I appreciate it, Trent. Thanks for joining me. Um, you know, as I say, I'm, I'm playing with weld.com. I think that's pretty cool. You know, getting more of uh, the education, the welding side of education out there, getting more welding knowledge out there um, kind of is what weld.com is all about. And I'm attempting to help them do that a little bit. So hopefully it continues to work out. Um, gives us a nice opportunity to plug our program and uh, get our word out there so i think it's just an overall win-win situation any any questions uh get a hold of wall.com we got forms we got we got youtube videos uh we got yeah we got everywhere wall.com can't miss it if you got questions get a hold of us um, you can get a hold of any of our other advisors or any of our other hosts uh, including myself 
and uh, I can get you set up with leading industry professionals and educational professionals like Trent. So, yeah, we'll leave it at that. I appreciate it. Great. Thanks, Cliff. Yeah, no problem. Thank you. Thank you. Your brain needs support. And new Ollie Brainy Chews are a delightful way to take care of your cognitive health. Made with scientifically backed ingredients like Thai ginger, L-theanine, and caffeine. Brainy Chews support healthy brain function and help you find your focus, stay chill, or get energized. Be kind to your mind and get these nootropic chews at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y dot These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease.